Hello, I'm Susan Dunlop and welcome to episode 11 of Coffee and Contemplation with Women. Today's guest is a woman I met sitting courtside at Noosa Basketball possibly 10 years ago now. Her name is Lisa Williams. She's 52 years old or a quinquagenarian as we're talking in terms of decades. Uh, Lisa is a mum of a 23-year-old daughter and 21-year-old son and works in the local government in a public service role here in Noosa. Uh, the reason I invited Lisa to be on the series today is, as you know, I'm looking at extraordinary real women. So women who I know who have been through something or I've felt their energy um, at the time and that I can feel that there was something that um, they've grown from or um, that they've been a role model to, to people in the community. And when I first met Lisa, Lisa had that energy. It was like a darkness, as Janine mentioned back in episode four about her. And I could feel like we'd sit, we'd chat. It was quite superficial chat, I think, because we were just getting to um, you know, cheer our kids on at basketball. But beneath all that, Lisa was suffering from depression. She'd just been through a difficult marriage split. She was coping as a parent, um, single parent. Uh, of two children with special needs. She was working full time and putting herself last. Swing eight years forward and I ran into Lisa at the One Billion Rising dance on Noosa Beach. And she was a completely different woman. It was just, I couldn't believe it. She was laughing, she was dancing, even though no one else was dancing at the time. But she was... Uh, <laughs> Um, her energy was just a whole new, beautiful, bright and vibrant colour and I just had to go over and talk to her. I was standing on the sidelines and, oh my God, I've got to see what's going on with this girl. So quite a shift from darkness to light. And today we're going to touch on Lisa's outlook on life, you know, quality of thoughts, um, the value of contribution and her influence. in. She's um, involved currently in relation to COVID-19 in her day-to-day -day job. And we'll just talk about what's you know, nourishing in her life right now, apart from a glass of wine, because it's probably too early in the day for that. Do you think, Lisa? <laughs> Welcome, Lisa. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for your kind words, Sue, and the invitation to join you. Look, it might be too early for wine. Gin, on the other hand, there's no time frame. Just saying. That's true. That's true. Okay. I know, because it could be um, four o'clock in any part of the world right now, couldn't it, really? Absolutely. <laughs> So, yeah, Lisa, um, obviously I've just read out that with your background. Um, where would you like to start in relation to your story? Um, Look, I think there was a, a pivotal defining moment for me about three years ago. And um, through the depression and a lot of the difficult situations and that dark period, I put on a lot of weight and I made a decision um, I guess, to take back my life and do something positive for myself. And um, I decided to go through and, and do weight loss surgery. And that was, that was part of me taking back control of my own life. Through that, um, one, of, one of the parts you had to go through was actually to have psychological um, clearance, I guess, to, to know that you were in the right position to actually go through it. It's not just a medical procedure. There's a lot of other parts involved in it. And psychologically, you've got to be in the best position to do this. And I remember a question the psych psychologist was asking me, you know, when you go through this surgery, how are you going to deal with, um, 
you know, any, any side effects, any complications, how are you going to deal with the new way of eating? How are you going to deal with, and, and you know, she just hit me with all of that. And I, I just paused and I looked at her and I said, you know what? Life has handed me some really difficult situations over the years. Did I make a decision to become single and raise two special needs kids on my own? Did I make a decision to have depression and have to deal with the consequences? Um, I said, and yet I had to work out how to cope through all of those things that life handed me. I said, I'm making this decision for the first time for myself, for my betterment. Um, and just like I had to deal with all of those other things, I will work out how to deal with whatever happens with this. If I need support, I know where to go for it. But this is me taking my life back. This is me making a choice for myself for the first time. And I will deal with whatever happens accordingly. And she just looked at me and said, okay, I can't argue with that. And she signed off on me getting the surgery. So that was a defining moment. Was that the first time that you probably did feel you put yourself first? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Until that time, I had made a decision, um, you know, because of the, the certain needs that my children had, I had made a decision that uh, as a single person, I wasn't going to date until my children finished school. Um, you know, there's lots of things that can complicate your parenting role. And when you've got special needs involved, uh, you know, there's other things that you have to consider. So I had made a conscious choice to put myself last. Um, once my last child finished school, I then stopped and thought about my life and thought, okay, now what is it I want to do? And part of it was taking my life back and part of it was the weight that I had accumulated through that time. And really that was just the start of the change. So just in terms of effect side of things, how much weight did that make a change to you? Were you did you lose a lot of weight through the surgery or? I lost 65 kilos. Far out. That's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, bit of a whole person there. Pretty much. I was carrying another person around with me wherever I went and whatever I did. So, you know, and, and you know, funnily enough, you come out the other side, you don't feel like a different person. You just feel like you again. Okay. Did you have support with um, from friends or family going through that, through the decision? Um, I, no, I made the decision for myself. I remember turning up at my GP surgery and said, I'm going to do it and I want you to sign the forms. And he went, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I kind of, I've kind of looked into it myself. Um, I didn't know of anyone else that had done it. So um, I just went to, you know, looked online, looked at the surgeons, looked into it all and decided, no, I, I am going to do this. Um, the surgeon I went through has a really good support team. And at the same time, I was able to find people on Facebook um, that had pages that had already done it and they used to share their journey. Okay. So I, I plugged myself into those types of support and then I since had a, a friend do it six months after me and I was able to pass on the support to her as I was going. Okay. It sounds like you sort of had that. I, sort of, I know the type of roles that you've had in, um, in what you work in, you've always been seen as a professional and having you know everything, all your ducks lined up in a row. So it sounds like this was one of those, you lined up your ducks again so that you step through it yep. safely I think I think so and I think I think you can't always have your ducks lined up in a row but you can always know where to go to when you need to mm. so you can't always have all the plans and all the strategies and everything in place but so long as you know where to turn to get that support or advice or assistance when you need it sometimes that's the best you can do 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty amazing. So you must, uh, your life has changed since you've done that and you've made the decision. Dramatically, dramatically. So, you know, last year, I, I think back to what life was like before that. And then I think back to an occasion last year when um, a couple of my cousins said, come jet skiing to the Whit Sundays with us, Lisa. We'll have a great time. They tried to kill me, I'm, I swear. So when they, when, they, when they say come jet skiing, they don't mean sit on the back of a jet ski and go for a lovely gentle ride. No, 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 no. Eight hours long. Um, what's it? I'm trying to think, three metre swells, 30 knot winds and raining. And we were standing up for that whole time until you literally couldn't stand up anymore. This is my first time, mind you, and we're out the back of Hamilton Island in the open ocean. Oh. If I had had have come off, there was no way of getting back on in that swell, I tell you. But you know what? The sense of achievement at the end of the day, even though your legs won't work, um, it was incredible to think back to even five years before I could not have even contemplated that. And yet that day had such a a sense of self-satisfaction in that I did it and I survived it and it was incredible. So So, life has changed a lot. Yeah. And and are you continuing to do, I mean, obviously COVID-19 is a wee bit in the way at the moment, but are you continuing to plan doing some of that type of um, new you uh, adventures? Oh, look, I have discovered an adventurous side, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a people person. So for me, with the right people, I'll have fun whatever I'm doing. So it could be on the back of a jet ski. It could be climbing a mountain. It could be sitting around a campfire with a group of friends, laughing our heads off and having a couple of drinks. And, you know, for me, I'll give pretty much anything a go now. It, and yeah. it's more about the people I'm doing it with and, and having that social fun at the same time. What's the most important thing to you, Lisa? Never, ever going back to that feeling of darkness. Okay. So it's, it, and, and, that, and that darkness is all encompassing. And that can be that incredible stress that you feel 24-7. It can be the negativity and the, and the negative thought patterns. It can be um, not wanting to leave the house and just stay on the couch because life is just too hard sometimes so everything I do now I, I kind of check in with myself from time to time how am I feeling mm. is is this is this thing I'm pursuing or this thing I'm doing what feeling does it give me and if it gives me that feeling of peace happiness enjoyment contentment then they're the things I pursue if on the other hand I'm starting to feel any of that old stress or negativity or anything rise I stop and I go well hang on a minute I remember these feelings and I didn't like them. And so then I make changes. Do you do any um, particular, um, say, spiritual practices or anything? Do you, like, do you meditate? Do you get out in nature? What do you look, do that helps you? Look, I, I don't as such. I actually come from quite a big church background, um, okay. you know, through my teen years and early, early adulthood. I, I, that was a really big part of my life. I think these days it's changed and it's just an appreciation of life. So sometimes it can be as simple as connecting with nature, connecting with something else and going and sitting by the river or the ocean or near a lake or, you know, feeling overwhelmed, walk outside and just look at the trees, look at nature and sometimes just grounding yourself with something like that is, is what's needed. 
Yeah. I think when, when I first spoke to you about doing this um, the other week, you were saying that you'd actually just been doing as part of your role um, some education on helping yeah. people cope with COVID-19. Um, yeah. How, can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, look, our, um, I've got a really good employer and they, um, they have a, a really good psychologist who does a lot of the training for them. And they were doing with coping with COVID-related anxiety. So part of it was because in our role, we have everybody come to us uh, from people who've lost their jobs, businesses that are not going to survive, uh, people in fear, frustration, anger, um, absolute incredible distress. And, and we're trying to, A, deal with the emotion that's coming with at us and also trying to help support them, give them the information they need. Um, if you know, if it's all too hard, then we'll access the relevant areas of government to give them that support. So, but in the, at the same time, we have to have self-care strategies in place for ourselves. Mm. Um, and we have to be aware um, that, that this is a pressure cooker environment at the moment. It's totally unprecedented. And um, people don't realise that. All they can see is the fear or how they're feeling, um, the confusion, the the absolute distress at losing everything that they've worked for all their lives. And so it's, it's understanding and being kind to others, but also being kind to yourself and <clears throat> taking the breather that you need and putting some self-care strategies in place for when things get overwhelming. And it's a case of knowing what works for you. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be, you know, making sure you get outdoors, have some exercise, you know what, eat well, drink water, things that when we're under a lot of stress, sometimes those things fall by the wayside yeah. but it's also it's also in understanding in others that um everybody is coping to the best of their abilities and everybody will not cope and be overwhelmed at different times and just to take a breath and realize that and that nothing's ever aimed at you um it's this is just people are overwhelmed at the moment and we get overwhelmed ourselves particularly when some of our normal coping mechanism mechanisms aren't available to us with the current restrictions. We can't go out and have some drinks and go dancing and have fun with our friends. So then you have to find new ways of doing that. And maybe it's a case of you go walking around the botanic gardens or you go down to the river and go for a walk along the river or, or catch up with a friend and, and get them on FaceTime. Saturday night, I was with one friend and we had FaceTimed another friend. Well, the three of us had drinks and we're dancing around in separate houses together. Oh, and it was beautiful. it was actually a, it was actually a fun night. So it's just realizing you still have to have fun. You still have to have those things in place, and you have to look after yourself. Because we don't know how long it's going to last for. So, and I think that's probably part of that pressure cooker thing too. People having that there's no control. Yeah. You know, that's the there heart. is no control. And while there's no vaccination, um, the virus exists. Um, we can't go back to normal. No, not yet. No, we can re we can definitely release some of the restrictions and allow people some more flexibility, but yeah, we still have to be aware it, it's there. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Just it, do you feel it yourself in your own life that the this loss of personal control of your life because I, of what's going on? No, I don't feel a loss of personal control. I think probably because of everything I have dealt with in the past was probably loss of personal control in a lot of ways. Um, I just think it's just one, one more thing to work out what is the current coping strategy to use. Yeah. And, and 
be aware we're all going to have meltdowns. It doesn't matter who we are and how together we are and, you know, and all the rest of it. It's, it's a case of, okay, well, what am I going to have available for those times when I do feel like that? Well, I'm going mm. to pick up the phone for the friend or I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to get on a FaceTime or a Zoom meeting or, you know, just find, find ways to work that work for you that might be a little different to what we used to do. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all we can do is um, just, just one day at a time and, you know. And check in, and check in with your friends because you never know when they're going through a hard time with this as well and your family members. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, different different feelings for different days for all sorts of people. Hey, um, mm-hmm. can we talk about your outlook on life and the quality of your thoughts? You know, so as I said, you've been through darkness to light. If someone else is going through that, how do you um, step by step bring yourself out of that? And you know, how much have you, um, you know, in terms of peace and happiness and love? You know, what are you doing in terms of finding that in yourself? Okay, so. I think we're all familiar with where our heads can get into negative cycles and whether that's depression, anxiety, or whether it's just negative cycles. Um, and I think I, I have always been a positive person by nature. Um, life beats that down at times. And that's where you've actually got to make a conscious choice and you've got to go, you've got to find the positives in the situation. Mm. Um, you know, when you look at the COVID situation, just as an example, um, while there's a lot of negativity in it, there are actually some positives in it as well. And you've got people, people are redefining what's important in their life and they're reconnecting with family and friends in ways that they never have before. And, and even for businesses, you know, for some of them, there is a, there's a pause here while they've got avenues of support for them to stop and rethink their business model. What the traditional business model may not have been working well for them before this. When do you ever get a supported period of time to pause, rethink your business model and possibly reinvent yourself? So you can find the positives and it's not natural sometimes for our brain to want to focus on the positives. We want to go over the negatives and, oh, if only I had done this different and if only, if only I hadn't have done that. But, you know, regret is such a wasted emotion. It is mm. negative and you know, anything you decided or did in the past, if you were put in the same situation with the same knowledge that you had, under the same circumstances, you probably would have made the same decision. Hindsight, it's different. You've already been through it. You've already learnt something from it. So you can't look back in hindsight. And if you do, all you're doing is kind of spinning in a negative cycle. So instead you go, I accept that. I made that decision. Um, I'll learn from it, but I'll move on. And, yeah. and and I think it's just a case of, and if nothing else works, look around the world. There are people everywhere that are going through worse than you and they're surviving. Yeah. So you go, if, if, if that's all you can do at the time, you know, people who've lost limbs, people whose parent just died, people, you know, put, put your own life back in some perspective and take a breath and just deal with it one day at a time and find the positives, no matter how slim they are, because you're actually retraining your brain habit habits and then you start finding the positives naturally. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I know that I've um, even got like some of my clients, I'm just saying to the few, actually, you know, business clients, said write out everything that you're experiencing right now because you're experiencing, you're experiencing something extraordinary that you can take forward so that you're always prepared in the future or you become a, a leader in the future because if you come out the other end and you've reinvented your business and 
um, you know, you've, you've actually set about the new course just by this having this strangely put upon us breather. Um, you will do something differently and you will be stronger. Look, absolutely. Yeah. And I think always in perspective, whatever you're going through right now, at some point in time, you'll come out the other side and you'll look back on it and wonder why it was so all-encompassing for you. Mm. Because looking back on it, it's never quite the same as when you're in it. So you kind of need to remind yourself that there will be a time when it is like that. I was talking to somebody the other, other night that was in a, a really, really bad way. And I was just sharing some of my journey with her. And I said, look, if you can, if you can do nothing else, look at me right now. I'm happy and I enjoy life. And I said, a number of years ago, I was right where you were. In fact, I was probably worse. So if you can cling on to nothing else, cling on to the fact that I've been where you are, I've mm. come out the other side, life is happy, life is good. And if you can't see it for yourself, find an example of somebody who that has happened for and cling on to that and let it give you hope that you also can get there. Yeah, beautiful. That's good. I like that. Mm. Hey, um, in terms of your kids, so your, your kids, as you said, the special needs uh, and with your change of how you are into this new, lighter, just loving, living you, how do you think that's impacted your kids? Were, were they able to go with you on that journey easily or did you have to do work for them as well to actually make that work better for them? I actually think it was part of the parenting journey and the lessons I learned that helped me. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of lessons I had to learn with having special needs children. I mean, first of all, the rule book in parenting, just throw it straight out the window. <laughs> you know, every child is different. Every parent is different and every situation is different. Um, oh, without going into some of the extremely dark moments and, and difficulties that I faced, one of the things that I had to learn early on was that you come a time, it comes a time with your children where you have to face the fact you can't control what they do. And sometimes the expectations we have on them or, or the things we want them to do is nothing more than our need to control. And you have to let go and you have to get to that realisation that they're getting to that stage where they have to make decisions for themselves, be it right or be it wrong. And you have to somewhat detach from that um, because the end goal with your kids is you can't control every little decision they make um, or action that they do. What you can control is keeping an open relation with them into the future. So sometimes you have to take that step back and let them be uh, what they're going to be, who they're going to be, um, because at some point later in the future, they may need you more than what they need you right then. And if you somehow have disconnected or ruined your relationship with them, they then can't come to you at a point when they really might need you. Yeah, that's uh, true. So and, true. And, and your ongoing relationship with them takes precedent over everything. You know, in terms of schooling and, and uh, career choices and, and all the rest of it, you know, the reality is how many of us are doing what we set out to do when we first left school? We've reinvented ourselves so many times. There are so many different ways kids can, um, you know, so many different points in life you can undergo education or change your direction in life. So rather than have pressure and expectation on our kids, maybe at a time when they actually can't deal with it, mm. take the pressure off 
enjoy the relationship with them, let them be who they're going to be, and then give them guidance later when they're ready to hear it. Um, and you know, it'll take a lot of the pressure out of the parenting and, and the pressure off the kids as well. Did you have someone help you come to that realisation or did you do that yourself? Did you seek um, any uh, you know, professional assistance to help you through that journey with the kids? Look, there's been different times when I have spoken to a psychologist about different things. I don't think with the children, though, that was a defining moment. I remember a girlfriend of mine was having problems. Her daughter was a few years older than, um, than mine. Um, and they were going through some difficulties. And I, I remember her telling me of a scenario where she literally could do nothing. Uh, and she had to tell someone, even though she was the parent, she had to tell somebody else she literally could do nothing. Um, and if that, if there really was a problem, then really the only option was to call the police. And and I remember but her, her focal point in doing it was, I can't minute, minutely control her. And if I try to do that, I'm going to wreck the relationship and there won't be one in the future. Um, I just have to trust that at some point in time, this will all turn itself around. And it absolutely did. And they have a wonderful relationship now. And I watched that turn around. And so I think it was probably that example more than anything else. Okay. And having, having already seen that relationship turn around and, and things improve, that gave me the courage to let go a little bit as well. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of courage. But I, I mean, I, I don't see your son around town, but I've, I've seen um, your daughter. And she's just absolutely just beautiful. You know, you know she's... Um, She's grown into such an amazing woman and mm. she's one of these people, you know, she's had, she's had a lot of struggles, mm. you know. I think people would be surprised if I started listing them. But in all of it, she has also become a person that wants to help others. So if any of her friends are going through anything, she'll be there for them. Her, her first response in any situation is, how can I help them? How can I support them? What can I do? Yeah. And that's, I think it's really lovely to see your child grow into that sort of a, a human being that, cares about others and um and wants to help the world yeah. which is a really really lovely thing you can see it's just a very beautiful soul but i mean she goes out of a way to actually come over and say hello to you and think, oh yeah legend you've raised a legend <laughs> <laughs> and and we both survived it so I know. you know Yay. there you go there's something in it <laughs> hey, um, and, uh, she I was just going to say, and, you know, through all of that, she's currently living in another state and not one day goes by where I don't get phone calls from her. Oh. So, you know, for anyone else going through things with their children, just breathe. Just breathe and know that these things change and above everything else, work on keeping connection with your child. You don't know how many women in our age group would probably appreciate hearing that right now because I do know so many women that struggle with all sorts of levels of, you know, that control or totally pulling back or, you know, trying to actually make it work. But there was, as you said, there's no um, rule book. And, no. You know. And every, every, child, every child is different. And if they don't clean that room, you know, really that's your need right there. Is yeah. that really so important? If, it, if it's a constant point of anxiety and stress and it's ruining your relationship, is it really that important at that particular point in time? Mm. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Hey, your advice. So can we do the one that a lot of people like this question because it always makes them wonder what they would um, think in response to it. But what piece of advice would you give a 10-year-old you that you'd wished you'd received from your mum? 
Okay, so I, I, I've thought this one through a little bit and I think, I think it's important. I think I would say while, whilst it's great to have um, goals and aspirations, there is a whole life ahead of you. Um, it's possible to change careers and undertake further education at any point in that journey. Um, so I would say take time to enjoy the journey and mm. the people along the way. Don't allow stress and expectations, and that's yours, is your own expectations and stress as well as external ones. Um, don't allow those to rob you of all the wonderful experiences along the way. Yeah, I think that's the thing. A lot of people do actually get caught up in the I can't change the past and even in the first 10 episodes, there's a few um, people, either, um, Naomi last week, um, or she was two weeks ago, Naomi made a massive change and it made such a difference. <clears throat> Sorry, not even just in her um, professional life, but in her friendships and, you know, the, the whole way she lives her life is completely different. So, yeah. Look, absolutely. You know, look for those, look for those points. You know, look for someone in the supermarket that looks like they're having a, a hard day or have got a screaming toddler say something nice, you know, like, oh, I remember, are you okay? I remember how hard that time was. And you know what? They get judged by so many people. You say one nice thing to a person and it could be the making of their day. Be aware of those opportunities and start taking them. And you know what? You start giving back out to people and, gee, you look lovely in that dress. People you don't even know. It actually changes something in you and it's a really valuable thing to do. Mm. Yeah, I you know I know what that feels like. It is actually quite a nice thing to. I think even COVID nineteen is making it a bit more like that. That you're sort of throwing out com, um, communication you never would <laughs> in the yeah, supermarket. I, like I I'm just so. talking to anyone. <laughs> and I think and I think what we're seeing too is for a long time, you know, before this, people would go walking down the road and um, wouldn't even look at each other, let alone smile and say hello. But I think you're actually seeing people connect with people a little bit more now and. Yeah. Hi, how are you doing as you walk past? And, and I think it's really lovely. Yeah, if you can put a smile on someone's face, it's, it's a pretty nice feeling. I oh, think, you know. absolutely. Because you never know what they're going through and that could make a big difference. Yeah. So, so in terms of winding up, do you have a, a quote or a mantra or something that um, keeps you solid when you um, are wavering? I... This comes up when I talk to other girlfriends when they're going through things and they, they're regretting things. If only I'd done something different. If, you know, if only I'd saved my money and bought a house, I'd have, you know, there's a lot of if onlys. Um, to me, regret is a wasted emotion. Um, it's the realisation that everything that I've been through in my journey is part of who I am today. And I, I, can't, I, I can't love and accept myself and regret all those things in the past because they actually make up who I am today. So I have to come to terms with those and have to realise if I made a mistake, I made a mistake. I learnt from it, I move on. But don't keep going over the negativity and the things and the if-onlys and the regrets. And it, honestly, it just keeps you all tied up. Instead, you've got to go, that was my journey. That was the decision I made at the time. I own that. I learn from that. Um, but I, I can't regret it because it is part and parcel of who I am today. And so if mm. I'm going to love and accept myself, I have to accept that as well. Wise words. Love it. That's great. <laughs> so, and I know you are a girl who hits the dance floor when you're allowed to again. Um, if, not, <laughs> if not in your lounge room by yourself. Uh, what is a favourite song? Which, if you had to hit the dance floor right this minute, what would you be dancing to? 
Well, that might depend on what I had been drinking and how much was consumed. But in general, <laughs> one song that just gets to me every time I hear it is I Will Survive, Gloria Gaynor. Oh. I just think that one, the, the second you hear the start of that music, it's like, yep, there it is. And it's so true. <laughs> You know, there's nothing that happens. You can't survive. You've just got to turn your head around and look at it the right way. And it just feels like a really good song to actually mention right now because we all will survive. Whatever we're doing, we'll survive, we'll be reshaped, we'll be redesigned, we'll be aware and, yeah, I think maybe even and a lot more of, conscious than we were. I think so and I think, I think we can all come out of it better people better yeah. businesses the planet gets a reset you know all those areas that are closed off are regenerating <laughs> themselves i mean really we can find the positives and we can come out better yeah as you said i think the planet just went really guys it's time to stop yeah, yeah. time out <laughs> <laughs> well lisa thank you so much for, for speaking with me i know i surprised you when um i asked you to be the guest but you are you're an extraordinary woman and um i think that message of no regrets is a very very big one and i think if people actually can just love what they've been through even in the, the hard times and um otherwise yeah. it's that darkness to light and you know it's coming up absolutely you've just reiterated you it again and if you can't love it start by at least accepting it mm. start by at least going i that was the best decision i could make under the circumstances at the time i accept it and I learn from it. So you might not love it to start with, but start by accepting it. And that's, yeah. that's step number one. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, I may well actually ask your daughter to be one of my um, guests in the future, in the 20th Oh, God, bracket. I don't think I ever want to listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to help me with what questions we ask her so that it's a very safe one for you. Or you and I could just be having a glass of wine and chatting with her or something. But <laughs> oh, look, oh, look, she'd be thrilled to be asked. And I have no doubt she'll be uh, wanting, to wanting to listen to this one as well. Mm, no, I think yeah, she has got a, a story to tell, I think. So I would, um, I'll be, Absolutely, I'll be, I'll be on has. to her. Yeah. So and her yes. story is very different from mine as well. So yeah, it's worth hearing. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, she's a, she's a very strong girl. So mm. um, yeah. So thank you. As I said, really appreciate it. And I think a lot of women will really appreciate your story today. So you take care. And, um, and I hope everyone has enjoyed listening to uh, Lisa Williams share her little bit of a story today. Thanks, Sue. Okay. Thanks, Lisa.